Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Well, go, Excellent adventures. Matt and Dory's. Well, it's really about everybody's excellent adventures out there. If you're listening to us having your own excellent adventure, write in. I'm sure you have. <laughs> we hear from them every week. Uh, so here's some business up top. We're doing an egghead. That, that's you guys. Secret Santa on Elfster. The link will be in the show notes. Yeah, it, this, sorry, the, this is kind of all happening quickly. The deadline to sign up is Wednesday, the 13th, because this originated in the Facebook group like a day or so after last week's episode aired. And because Christmas is upon us, um, I was like, oh, we better get this moving. So sorry to everyone who's not in the Facebook group, but you should all be in the Facebook Christmas group. Christmas is upon us. Um, I made that song up just that's a good now. One. So, yeah, so it's the gifts. There's a $20 limit to the gifts. You can do a homemade gift. Just, you know, I just said something that you think a fellow egghead would appreciate. That's it. There you go. No other, no other restrictions. You all know what we're all going through. Yep. Think about something they might like. So, yeah. So, I think it'll be fun. I'm also participating. Dory's you. You might be lucky enough to get Dory. Dory might be lucky <laughs> enough to get you. But as Matt likes to point out, I'm not good at giving gifts, so. I don't like to point that out. It's like the least likable point about thing ever. <laughs> I don't do that. I don't like to do that. What are you talking about? I feel like you, like, whatever. It's horrifying to me. The idea, I once, like, thought about a gift that, like, my mother gave me that I didn't like when I was a child, and I cried about it as an adult. Like, uh, the fact that I don't think I expressed gratefulness enough. No, we've, like... For the gift. We've joked about this. it broke me up inside. It's a horrible thing to even put pin on me. I try to be appreciative of everything you give me. 
I can't even imagine. I, I get so sad even thinking about it. When someone gives you a gift, you just have to appreciate the thought that went into it and the effort of actually giving a gift. It is so nice of someone to think of you okay. to get them a gift. Now, meanwhile, my wife claims that I often say she's a bad gift giver. <laughs> you have said that so many times. That is crazy. <laughs> because I, I... I will say sometimes she gets things that are confusing, but at <laughs> the end of the day, I know that the heart was in the right place, and, and I'm grateful for all that she's given me. Dory, you're the best. Thank you. And if you look at our my top nine on Instagram, you're all over it. I know. I love you. And you're all over mine. You, 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 you are my rock. You are by my side constantly. And yet, sometimes, we argue about things. Anyway. Like any couple... ExcellentAdventure.com is our website. You can go there. Yep. I've never been to the website. I don't know if you know that, everybody. But I'm sure it's great. Because Matt's a cool guy. Uh, I'm not a cool guy. I just... It's a total lapse in any judgment. I just forget that it even exists. But you shouldn't forget. It's ExcellentAdventure.com. And I don't forget. There's websites. The website. There's websites. <laughs> it's a website. You can go there. Check out all the stuff about the podcast. All the episode descriptions are going to be there. Uh, there's some resources. There's a place you can donate so we can have more babies. Uh, more than zero. Uh, Excellent Pod. That's our Twitter handle, at ExcellentPod. And you can email us, storymat at gmail.com. I'm at dorygmail.com. You know, someone tweeted at us this week that... She got a question correct on her, I want to say it was like pharmacology exam Uh because she listened to the podcast. It's just one of the many ways this podcast will touch your lives. I was very pleased with that. You can call us at 413-461-BABY. And uh, heads up, there there is a tweet up happening this weekend in New York. A tweet up? Well, it's a, well, it's kind of like a tweet up. Tweet-ups are things that would happen in the early days of Twitter. I'm aware what tweet-ups are, but this is not a tweet-up. I went to a tweet-up for the last space shuttle launch that was organized by NASA. You did? I was there for it, yeah. Oh, that's cute. Did you meet any cool people? I met many astronauts. Really? Yeah. Cool. The whole thing. I covered it for Nerdist. You can see, I'm sure it's still in the archives of the Nerdist website. I did a three-day journal of the last space shuttle launch. Cool. A lot of photos, a lot of uh, adventures. You're like of, a journalist. A lot of, uh, lot of uh, open crying after that ship took off. Wow. I did. I cried. I was sad to see it go because it was the last manned space mission coming from the United States. And had we had something behind it ready to go, I probably wouldn't have cried. But guess what? We still, haven't, we still have no vehicle to replace it. Uh, but there is an egghead meetup this weekend in New York, Saturday, December 16th at 2 p.m. at District Social. That's at 252 West 37th Street. So please RSVP at eggheadmeetup.eventbrite.com. And we're sorry we can't be there. But, but we'd like to see pictures from it. Yeah, send us pictures. If anyone wants to wear an egghead t-shirt out there, that'd be pretty cool. I mean, it's probably cold, but maybe someone got the sweatshirt. Oh, I didn't even know we made a sweatshirt. <laughs> we made a sweatshirt oh, that's good to know do you want the sweatshirt oh no it's too late i could have gotten you the sweatshirt it's too late yeah everything's too late you know what else is too late what our uh our podcast we're recording it too late yeah bo's asleep bo's sound asleep um all right guys so where were we in life we saw dr beck this week we sure did. Was that this week? Yeah, it was on uh, Tuesday. Monday? Tuesday? It was on Tuesday because Wednesday morning we woke up and there was that fire across from the Getty Center. And I was like, oh my God, that was that's like right where we drive to California Fertility Partners. Like they, they were using the sunset in the 405 as a staging area. Right. And that's right. That's like nearby. Start by UCLA. Oh, yeah. Well, we came out of the appointment and it was just like smoke all over Santa Monica. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, anyway, that's not the point. The point is that um, we were, as as you guys know, we were going in to just sort of like see what was up and kind of just like confirm that we weren't going to do the retrieval this month. Um, it turns out she's going to be away also. So that was like... Everybody's leaving. Confirmation that... It was not meant to be. Um, but then she got in there and she was looking around at my ovaries mm-hmm. and she counted 17 follicles. Yeah, she did. 
And I was like, should we just do a retrieval now? <laughs> and she was like, oh, no, no, no. Like she took, she like kind of took my question seriously, even though I was like pretty much joking. Uh-huh. Um, but no, I mean, she, she thought it was a good, it was good to see that I had that many follicles without any meds or anything. Yeah. Sure. Um, and then she was like, so you guys should just have sex today and tomorrow. And we were both like, what? Excuse me? She was like, yeah, you might as well just try. You haven't ovulated yet. Yeah. We were like, what? So, we tried to have a baby. Much to Bo's chagrin. Oh my God, Bo was mad. <laughs> um, it's like he knew what we were up to. Oh, he totally did. But like, like, but like, he knew like the drive and end result of the, the that it makes a baby, and he knew that like we're trying to make him a brother or sister, and he was, and he was like, mad, not having it. Yeah, he was mad. Um, but I think we were both sort of like, yeah, I guess we might as well try. But also like, if this is the way it ends, we will be annoyed. Oh, I'd be so angry if we got pregnant that way. Thankful, of course, everyone listening. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to happen. But the irony of it. Let's be honest. But it was, it was kind of funny to think about for a minute. Also like weird that she doesn't ever brings up the male factor in this. What do you mean? Dr. Beck never brings up the male factor in our infertility problems. What do you mean and she I never it brings odd. it up? Like she's like, well, we tried this last time. And blah, 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 blah. She's always talking about your uterus and, and, and your ovaries. Do you feel left out? Well, I feel like what if she's like miss it, forgetting that I have terrible sperm? Dr. Beck? I know. She's not going to forget. but <laughs> No, she's not going to forget. She feels like she should be like we need you to have these ball injections or something do you like, want like, do you want ball injections no because well, we could all. probably get you ball but i injections. feel like i should just be doing something well to... you know i asked if if you should go back on those supplements mm-hmm. and she said no yeah i don't understand what's happening and she also doesn't have me on a lot of supplements i, I don't know i don't know so anyway, so we asked her, we actually had a longer conversation with her than we've ever had. Sorry, she, I, was, she, I was finishing a yawn. She was really just like answering all our questions. Um, but I asked her to walk me through exactly what she wants to do for the next cycle. And basically she was like, okay, so if you don't get pregnant and we were both like, uh-huh, um, you know, call us when you get your period and then you'll come in two weeks later, like kind of the same appointment as I just had. Um, and then she is going to do estrogen priming. Yeah. Um, which kind of gets all your follicles like lined up. Follicled. Um, and then we're going to do a retrieval and she's going to do very low dose meds because I respond well to meds. And I think she is really going for quality over quantity. She's going to trigger me smaller, she says. It's going to be an interesting protocol. Yeah. It's going to be an, it's going to be a new year and a new protocol. New year, new protocol. And I'm into our third calendar year of doing this. I'm down for fewer meds. Of course. Anything that can make it a little easier on the the female side. I'm all for. Yep. So I'm offering to get a ball injection. (laughs) to carry my weight you know i mean i can ask about that whatever it takes or you could ask you could email her whatever it takes that's how sagi lifts weights that's what he says oh yeah yeah um so then i guess the retrieval would be like beginning of february uh ample time for me to potentially be in new york oh you will definitely be in new york it's just the way it goes when this happens yeah i can't wait I wonder who I'll ask to go with me. Drag Allie. Oh, Allie's a good person. Yeah, to ask. she said she'd do it, but she'll probably be out of town as well. Yeah, she's never here. Um, those. Oh, there's a plug for Allie. Allie has a new podcast out. Allie Ward. It's called Ologies. Yeah, she she talks to an ologist. Yeah, of varying fields of study, like entomologists. Yes, 
ornithologist, geologist. Has she talked to an etymologist yet? Yeah, no. Uh, no, she's talked to an entomologist. I have to ask her to talk to an etymologist. I think she talked to a gemologist. She sure did. Yeah. She's talked to, you know, if you like a science-minded podcast, I highly recommend uh, she's one of our dearest friends. Allie Ward has a podcast called Ologies. Go yep. download it. Tell her Matt and Dory sent you. Please tell her that, because then she'll be like, oh, my God. And I recorded the first episode of my new podcast today. Dory has recorded the new episode of her first podcast. What? (laughs) (laughs) It's the new episode of her second podcast. Uh, More on that to come. More to come on that, everybody. Mm -hmm. All right. Here is uh, another thing we have to talk about, which is Beauregard Bosch's appointment. Yeah. How did we you feel a, it went? We had another appointment with Bo. I thought it went swimmingly. I thought it went really well. Yeah, I think Bo did a great job. We had the follow-up with his uh, veterinary behaviorist. So, you know, he's been on Prozac now for three months. I think we really only started seeing a real difference like two months in. Yeah. Um, Matt is, is <laughs> stroking him. Um... But last time he like wouldn't sit still the whole time. He was very agitated the entire time. Yes. And this time he was like listening to them more. He, at one point he just like laid down. Yeah. At several points he yeah. laid down. He yeah. was just, he was just more chill. I mean, he, he nipped at the assistants. He nipped at each of them once. We had to keep him on a leash. Yeah. But overall he was much better. Um, and she gave us some strategies for doing some house stuff. And she also upped his Prozac dose because he she, he was on a very low dose. And now, since he didn't have any side effects, low dose. she's going to, you know, he, he's on a little bit more. Um, but she was very, she seemed very pleased with his progress. Um, and she said we were good dog parents. She did say we were good dog parents. I mean, I kind of fished for that, but she said it. No, you didn't have to fish for that. I think I said something like... You had asked how other people, other dogs respond. I th- and she had talked about how it looks like we had put in the work. Oh, yeah. Whereas a lot of parents don't. Yeah. But like even when like we would do things like when we would distract, call Bo back to the couch. Right, even in like, the room, it was yeah. clear that... She said, oh, yeah. you guys are attentive. Yeah. So redirect, redirect. Pat on the back to us. Yep. We have done it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are the best dog parents. <laughs> uh, so that's the update on Bo. Good update. Um, Thank you. I guess we should jump into the emails. Yeah. Is that how the show works? Yeah, we go into the emails. All right. Now. Time to open hails. Open I was waiting hails? for you to play the sound effect that Andy plays when we open the hails. Oh, no. Hailing frequencies open. It's finally happened. Hi, He's man. crossing the streams. <laughs> Time for some quements. <laughs> Hi, Matt and Dory. I was wondering if you might be able to share some advice as to breaking the news to your parents that you're going to need IVF. I'm going back to see my parents over Christmas, and I know they will be pressing me for news as to when we start to plan to start having a family. Little do they know that we've been trying for over two years. I'm really close to my parents, but for some reason, I just don't know how to tell them. I know they would be incredibly supportive, but I just don't know where to start trying to explain how difficult the last year has been. I don't want to worry them, and I'm just so scared of breaking down in tears trying to explain. How did you broach the subject with your parents? How did they react? Any advice from yourselves or your listeners would be gratefully appreciated. Best wishes, Sally. Now, Sally, I can't speak to your parents. I guess we can sort of only just tell you how we handle our parents. Yeah. I don't even remember. That's how much of a non-issue it will be for you, Sal. (laughs) It's, it's, your parents will be supportive. Yeah, they should be anyway. And, Um, And also, like, don't be scared of breaking down in tears. If you break down in tears, so what? Yeah, I, honestly, I think I was just very matter of fact about it. And I always have been. And I think that's just that. That's probably, for me, that was the best approach, which is just like, uh, yeah, so, you know, we saw a uh, reproductive endocrinologist and uh, we're going to have to start doing IVF. Yeah. Bah, 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 bah. And then Matt being so matter of fact about it made me more matter of fact about it and just sort of like low, like 
not that the stakes are low, but it just sort of like took some of the heightened feelings out of it. And I think those are false heightened feelings. I agree. But when you first start doing it and it feels very scary, it's easy to, to feel heightened. Yeah. I just don't know. I don't know. I mean, for me, it's always been like, maybe I mean, help my mother's an RN or I don't know. I just like, I've always been like very matter of fact about any medical thing. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I mean, what? you don't, I mean, you, you also like are very open. You don't keep secrets. Yeah. I'm not a secret keeper except for one secret. Christmas is coming. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, but that, yeah, that's, um, that's sort of, that's sort of how I approached it. I just was very matter of fact and, and, and just described it as though, I was going to have to, you know, start taking blood pressure medication or something. Right. It was just like, oh, this is a thing. This that is a thing that I have to do. So yeah. here's what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, that's how I approached it. Uh, Dory, I think, approached it similarly, and I hope that helps you a little bit. And if it doesn't help you, I'm sure people are going to tell us better ways to approach it. Yeah, and you know, they'll they'll probably have a lot of questions, and I think you should be honest with them about the fact that it's been hard. Just, yeah, totally. Be open with them. Unless you guys aren't married, in which case, oh, that's going to be hard to broach. (laughs) What? (laughs) You've been trying to have a baby, and you're not even married? Um, Should I read this next one from Anonymous? Yeah, sure. I see there's a lot of uh, abbreviations in there, so go for it. Yeah. um, So, okay. My infertility story isn't so different from others in this group. I really. Hang on. Is this just something you pulled out of our Facebook group? No. Oh, all right. It was an email. Okay. Um, I can't believe you were trying to like get me. Gotcha, journalism. <laughs> Fake news. Um, I really struggled with the decision to become a mother and didn't take the decision lightly. It took me a long time to feel ready and capable to be the kind of mother I hope to be. My husband and I tried for about a year and a half before I got pregnant naturally. At 13 weeks, the baby no longer had a heartbeat and I had a complicated DNC. It was devastating. We tried for about six more months and then went to an RE, reproductive endocrinologist. That's what that stands no, for. I know, I know that. Okay. I was 30 at the time, so the RE thought IVF would pretty much be a slam dunk. Everything looked great. We got an embryo, did an FET, that's a frozen embryo mm-hmm. transfer, which then turned into a chemical pregnancy. My RE diagnosed us with recurrent pregnancy loss, RPL. We dug in, did every RPL and genetic tests under the sun, and with no strong conclusions, did another IVF round. Well, I got 15 eggs. Only one made it to genetic testing, and it was abnormal. It was a failed IVF cycle. Mm -hmm. As I sit here processing these events at this holiday season, I'm feeling the sense of acute loss and utter failure and the fog of knowing how to move forward. You didn't fail. When to say enough is enough, how to process the intense rage I feel, how to feel happy for others at a time of year that normally brings so much joy. If I have to watch one more adorable video on social media of others' children enjoying Santa, the Christmas tree, etc., You guys have spoken often of therapy and have so many listeners. Truthfully, it's probably something I should have done a long time ago, but it feels like such a hurdle. My question is pretty straightforward. How did you guys find the right therapist for you? It feels like this monumental feat that ironically, when I likely need therapy the most, almost feels too overwhelming to figure out. I'm going to stop right there for one second. Um, Anonymous listener, I found my therapist by seeing who is physically the closest to me in the proximity of my home. I think I found him. I think Dory Googled him. Yeah. And it turns out he was very walkable. <laughs> like a block away. <laughs> and had pretty decent reviews. So I said, sure, I'll go there. And, and you like him. And I've been there for uh, over a year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I found my therapist through a friend recommendation. I, I had my friend ask her therapist if she had a referral, I think. How long have I been going? Or something I think I've, like I've always been going for two years. Yeah, I think it's been more than a year. Oh, my God. Because you, weren't you already going to him when we started doing IVF? I believe so. That was almost two years ago. Holy shit. Yeah, because I think you started going when you weren't working. Mm-hmm. So that was two years ago. Yeah. I feel like I was going to him around 
the time The Force Awakened came out. And now it's The Last Jedi. Is that how you your time markers go? Sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> they do. Um, anyway, keep reading your email. Uh, it feels like this monumental feat that ironically, when I like leading therapy the most, almost feels too overwhelming to figure out. I'm concerned about finding the right fit. Should I bother trying to go through insurance? How do I find someone who understands infertility? I did try a recommendation from a friend, and when the therapist never responded to my inquiry, it took the wind out of my sails. I've tried looking. I've tried tried looking using the resource website. I think she means the Resolve website, mm. but none were in my area. How do you make this happen at a time when you feel so vulnerable? I guess my question is equal parts logistical and emotional. Thanks for all you guys do. I would I would just start looking near you, something conveniently located to you. Yeah. Honestly, therapy isn't really about their advice to you, at least in my experience. I find therapy is just about a place where you can go vent. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, my therapist has given me good strategy. What are you doing? I'm playing with a candle and a headphone cord. What are you doing? <laughs> that seems like a bad idea. Um, my therapist has given me good strategies for dealing with certain things. Um <coughs> It's not like she doesn't give me like prescription you know, she's not like you need to do this, but she kind of helps me think about things, the new perspective. And she also, she, she like makes me feel normal. Like sometimes I'll be like telling her about how I feel about something or how I reacted to something. And she's she like, just never thanks me for walking the dog. And she just like rational. She validates my feelings. He should thank you for walking a dog. That's crazy that he doesn't. I'm I'm giving a window to Doris therapy. Oh, she would never say it's crazy that he doesn't. She would ask me. That's on him that he doesn't. No, she would never say that. He's a real dumb dumb. Uh, No, she wouldn't say that. You should get a new husband. Uh, No, she would never say that. Oh well, she's not a good therapist. (laughs) You are not a good therapist. I'm a great therapist. Um, I'm a good listener. You are a good listener. Um, I, yeah, I would start doing that. And I think also, um, just, just meet, try to meet with people. And I know it sucks that that therapist didn't call you back, but I've had, I had that happen last week. Yeah. It's calling a, I'm trying to get a psychiatrist guys. Yep. Going a step further because mm-hmm. I've been self-medicating and it's been good. Oh boy. Um, so I hope that helps. And I, I do think therapy would be very beneficial for you. Um, just based on. Yeah, you do. You everything should, you that you have an outlet, everything that you've said. Um, plus the fact that you're a Latter-day Saint. Well, that was in her PS. I, she says, PS, I'm another LDS Mormon follower. I can appreciate a lot of what the other LDS listeners shared. There are actually quite a few of us in the infertility community because our faith teaches us that the greatest joy and our utmost purpose on the earth is to create eternal families that this brings, excuse me, happiness and fulfillment. Consequently, womanhood is often treated as interchangeable with motherhood dating back to the time of Eve. Despite always having a strong faith and making it very personal for myself, it's grown harder and harder for me to stay engaged and happy in my local Mormon community as I feel the acute failure to fulfill not only my ultimate purpose, but the thing that is meant to bring me the most joy. This is intense. I agree. We have a doctrine that says if these aren't accomplished in this life, marriage, having children, they will be accomplished in the afterlife. Well, that usually gave me comfort. It hasn't felt sufficient in answering the questions that I still feel regarding equity and the love of God. I got to hit the brakes right here. Are you telling me that there are ghost babies that you have? In like heaven you produce babies in heaven what do those babies do I'm, i have a lot of questions for the latter-day saint listener we have two we have at least two that's that i want to know about these i want to know about these ghost babies um anyway perhaps this is too much doctrine too religious to talk about but i thought i'd share another perspective i am just gonna say that i think that this is probably exacerbating your feelings majorly and you should find a therapist who you can talk to about this too. oh it is most definitely because you're in a place that you're in a you're in a community that probably uh makes you feel abnormal yeah when in reality you're very normal, you're just having some medical issues. Yeah. 
Um, I would also maybe ask at your clinic if they know of any local support groups. Yeah, or start one. Or start one within within the LDS community. Yeah, if you um, you know, I don't know where you live, but you could join the Facebook group and see if there's anyone near you. Utah. I mean, she probably lives in Utah, but that's not the only place that has Mormons. I know, but it's the only place that has Mormons who have emails. What if I thought that? That'd be so weird. That would no, be I'm serious. I want to know about this afterlife children. I'm very curious about it. Does your doctrine specifically say that if you don't get married, you, you will accomplish this? You will get married in the afterlife. So does, you have to meet a ghost after you're already a ghost. And then you have a baby ghost. I need to know. You don't think it's with the person you were with in, the, in your regular life? What if you don't meet that person? Hmm, interesting. What if you never get to meet someone in your regular life that, that, oh, I that see. gels? You know what I mean? I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I got to know about this. Okay. Thanks for the information, future information. Anonymous. Anonymous. Uh, this is from Ariel. Hi, Dory and Matt. Just wanted to chime in on the va- vagaries. I'm sorry. My brain is not working. Just want to chime in on the vagaries of appendicitis in babies with a heads up for those listeners who may have recently just given birth. My now, my, my now daughter, (laughs) my, when my daughter now 18 months old was four weeks old, uh, an emergency room visit revealed that my appendix was about to burst. Luckily I had an appendectomy in time. So it was much simpler surgery to recover from than had the appendix burst. But I learned something new from the surgeon. Women who have recently given birth and or experienced any labor, even if they ended up with a cesarean, are at risk of appendicitis. Increased risk of appendicitis. Due to the sustained pressure on the organ during labor and delivery that destabilizes the appendix and can leave it more vulnerable than usual for a period of months following the birth. I did not know that if this is medically documented anywhere, but uh, was a... I don't know. It, but was uh. the surgeon's anecdotal experience having performed thousands of appendectomies. There we go. I share this so women can be ultra sensitive to the symptoms of appendicitis. I had just experienced 10 months of nausea, abdominal pain, etc. So my radar was on low alert and I was ready to chalk the symptoms up to more pregnancy and birth recovery discomforts. Thankfully, my partner insisted we go to the emergency room. Just my anecdata. I like that. I do too. Thanks for all you do. Wishing you both a restful vacation, Ariel. Uh, You and me both, Ariel. You and me both. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombus just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love, anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher, like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet, not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. 
Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Uh, <clears throat> Hi, Matt and Dory. As a man on this infertility journey, I often feel I'm doing a feeble job explaining this, but here I go. I have slow, dumb, and limited sperm. Me too, buddy. Mm. My wife has a low follicle count. As a result, we are facing the ICSI route. Interesting. That is also what we did. Yep. Uh, we also discovered that my wife has a genetic premutation that is the reason for her premature ovarian insufficiency with a few possible side effects in her future. As a result, our doctor said it, would, it was required that we see a genetic counselor with a few possible side... I'm sorry which we did through video conference at our local hospital. Saving you all the percentages, we were told that there was a chance that in offspring, this mutation could be passed on. If it fully mutated, it would then result in fragile X. Mm. While the chances are somewhat low overall, we had to decide if it was worth the risk. Neither our doctor nor counselor pushed us away, and we have decided to go through with it. It adds a layer of stress, another layer of stress to the whole endeavor, especially since the odds of things going south are increased with a boy. I'm just wondering if you or any listener has had to go through a similar debate. Getting embryos tested is not an option for us. There are only two places in Canada that do it, and they just send it to the States and charge around $30,000. Whoa. That's crazy. Well, PGD, I think they're talking about PGD. Uh-huh. Not PGS. Uh-huh. And PGD is more expensive. Okay. But that's a lot. That is a lot. It seems a lot. Thanks for the episode. It made us aware of questions to ask and passed the time on the five hour journey. Oof. To the fertility clinic. Oh, Mike and Steph. Two and a half each way, not five hours that's each crazy. way. That's crazy. That is very far. That is that is that is pure Canada right there. You guys um, like in Winnipeg or something? All right. Well, a, I guess we're we're sending out the sperm and egg signal here. Yeah. If you anyone who's dealt with something like something this, like this, please, please let us know. Uh, we're gonna pass this on. Yep. Oh my god. What? There's so much. There's so much Norway happening here. This is maybe one of my favorite emails we've ever gotten. Well, then would you like to read it? Yes. It's from Marie, even though she calls me Doreen. that could be just her phone not allowing such a thing to happen Uh, dear Matt, Doreen and Bo I'm 17 years old and live in Norway so I'm probably not your normal demographic no you are not (laughs) but I find your podcast very interesting and entertaining anyway I wanted to write to you about knitting and how it may also be great for Matt if he has a fiddling problem I sure do I myself have a constant need to do something with my hands and I normally end up drawing when I'm in school, but knitting, as long as you're not doing patterns or anything is way better because with little practice, you no longer need to look at what you're doing. I'm currently driving to Sweden with my family. Oh my God. She's so Scandinavian. I love it. And because I get car sick, I need to look out the window. I hope you're in a, in a Volvo or an Opal. As my hands need something to do, I'm knitting a Santa hat for myself. <laughs> Marie, you are very cool. Uh, I'm including some information about IVF in Norway. If you were wondering, if you are approved for IVF at a public hospital, you get three trials per child for 1,500. Uh, what's the norm? Kroner? 
Norwegian. Norwegian kroners? I think so. Um, That's $180. $180 per trial. You have to pay for your own medicine up to 16000 NUC. That's uh, 1930 US dollars. Mm-hmm. And then the state will cover the rest. Love it. Those who get approved are straight and lesbian couples in a married or married-like relationship. Gay couples can't get approved as surrogacy and egg donations are illegal in Norway for some stupid reason. Hmm. Interesting. You can also do it at private clinics, which is way more expensive. Have a nice day. Marie Bjork. And then she wrote in parentheses, Bjork like the Icelandic artist. (laughs) Marie, we know Bjork. (laughs) Well, I think she wanted to make sure we knew how to pronounce it. Uh. At least that's what I assume. This is a great email. Uh, yeah, I've I've uh, not spent any time in Norway. I've been to Norway. I've been to Finland, as far as my Scandinavian adventures go. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only been to Oslo. But uh, I've, I've I I would like to go to Norway. I had a great time in Finland. I'd go to Finland again. I want to go to Copenhagen. A lot of people want to go to Copenhagen. It looks very cool. Everyone's talking about Copenhagen. Really? Nowadays. No, <laughs> just you. Oh my god! Uh, this is from uh, Callie. Kaylee. 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 I'm sorry. Hello, Matt, Dorian, Bo. I'm really interested in the conversation you've been having about how to deal with friendships when the big when there's a big difference in fertility success. Here we go again. <laughs> what? I was wondering this conversation. I was wondering if you guys have had to navigate this type of dynamic in other areas. This, of your this life. email takes a left turn, though. Yes, I have. <laughs> I'm a university student and I'm kind of struggling with how to navigate success and balance when it comes to school success. I'm the lucky fucker who fit in well into the school system, found a degree I love, and I'm doing a paid internship. Meanwhile, my good high school friends have fallen one, two years behind the expected schedule due to mental health, etc. You guys are both successful in your fields. I mean, Dory just had a book published here. That's a startup and novel by Dory Shapir, available in paperback in the spring. Do you ever find yourselves on the other side of things, keeping quiet about your success so as not to hurt people? Hmm. Interesting. See, that was not the, I think that was not the question you were expecting. No. Yeah. And quite <laughs> frankly, Kaylee, I'm sorry. I pinned that on you. Um, that's a good question. Sometimes you don't want to seem like you're bragging. Yes, that's true. Not you. I mean, one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I'm always talking about work because I'm always working. Yeah. So it is, it is interesting being at the point you are at your le- in your life, Kaylee. Like because for so like when you're a kid and a teenager, you're all kind of in the same place. Yeah. Like some people do a little better in school, some people do a little worse, but like you're all kind of doing the same thing. And then once you graduate high school, people's lives kind of start to, start to diverge, which is what adulthood is all about. Yeah. And I mean, you know, another couple years might go by and you might not be you might not even be friends with these people anymore. That is true. Um, I'm just saying that's a possibility. I'm not saying that's going to happen. Yeah. I'm just saying like people grow up and, and grow apart and that, that's just like a thing that happens. Well, it's also like, like if I, if I, if I meet someone who's starting podcasting or someone who has a podcast and they're like, they tell me their numbers and they're like, their numbers are like, you know, decent for, a, a normal podcast to have like i've been on ridiculously successful podcasts that have crazy numbers right and i don't ever say what the numbers are to people in that situation in that situation like i won't ever be like oh you only you only did you know 200 downloads that first week that's awful <laughs> like i would never say that right so I mean, it's that kind of thing. It's like, well, you don't need, I don't need to, Yeah, they don't need to know that. Right. If they ask like, what's a normal amount of downloads for a like crazy, like a nerdist type podcast, then maybe I could tell them, but I don't ever want to put it forward. Right. 
somehow the only example I could think of. I mean, I, I think, you know, you just want to find common ground with people. Yeah, that's true. You know, Bo, do you know that he's still sleeping? Yeah. He doesn't know anything. He's kind of a show off. Uh, Kaylee, enjoy your, enjoy your successes. I feel like you're going to do well. Um, I'm going to play a voicemail. Okay. Hi, Matt and Dory. This is Laura from Pennsylvania. I spoke with you a while ago. I'm getting the weight loss surgery. Nice. Um, just a few updates on that. And this is also kind of IVF related, too. Um, so I was with a program in a lo- in my in my town. It's, it's local. So it wasn't, like, nationally, like, recognized or anything. And... I sort of stalled in the program. It just, it, I became stagnant and I wasn't getting any results. Like I was doing everything I should and I just felt like I was going to be unsuccessful in it to get the gastric bypass. Oh, so, and, and they also wanted me to go on some sort of form of birth control, which I can't do the IUDs nor can I um, take an oral medication because of uh, blood clots. So I was going to get my tubes tied, and then if me and my girlfriend wanted to have kids a couple years down the line, we were just going to rely on her eggs rather than mine. Mm -hmm. So that was their requirement for the program. So I decided to take the step, break away from my doctor, and today I went to a new doctor, and he was freaking amazing. Like, if you're having any concerns about any physician, then this goes to anyone, like, cut and run. And because, like, I, I cried in this doctor's office, and he hugged me, and it was amazing. Because now this will be my 13th month in a bariatric program. So I left, and he says, okay, we just need to get you scheduled for a cardio echocardiogram and then your psych eval and then we can do your surgery in January. I was like, this oh January, my God. not January, five years from now? He goes, yes, this January you will be going under the knife. And I just, I was stunned and I was just sitting there and thinking my life is about to start right now. And I had to sit in the car for a little while and collect my thoughts and I was crying and calling people and just, it's happening. So, that's amazing. Thank you, you guys. I'm not in the IVF struggle yet, but just listening to no. you guys and listening to everyone else. I hope you don't have to come here. Going through medical problems, it's amazing. So thank you so much. Love to you both. Bye. Well, congratulations. That is, uh, you know, it's great when you find a doctor that you like, i.e. Dory's whole reason for being is for doing herself and... <laughs> Making herself happy, <laughs> whether or not that embarrasses her husband. Wow. Laura uh, called right back and she left another voicemail. Oh, okay. Hi, this is Laura again. I just left a message like a few minutes ago. I was just thinking in my head that I did not leave that quite clearly. I need to really work on my extemporaneous speaking and message leaving. You're skills. very clear. They're not really up to snuff. Um, so I you're very hard on yourself about my birth control yeah so the first bariatric program wanted me to go on birth control even though not really any chance of anything happening but it was their requirement <laughs> because if you get pregnant right after having surgery they can't control your nutrition but the new doctor said that's not really the case anymore it's handled differently and he said that it hasn't been like that in a couple of years and he doesn't know why my program was like that so the new facility is not requiring any sort of birth control prophylactic huh. measures. So if and when or if my girlfriend and I want to have kids, we can use either both her or my eggs. So uh, you don't need to play this on the podcast. Too late. It's nope. weird. Um, no, Laura, we did it. Put that in as a little indication. If my, message, my first message is unclear. As the second message is becoming more unclear. Are you <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that just goes to show that, like, so much of this is is instinct on these the parts of these doctors. You know. I do know. <laughs> I've been to many doctors. I know. Hi. Matt's sticking his 
hand in Bo's mouth and caressing his teeth. And Bo's like, hmm, this is sort of fun, but I'm also trying to sleep. No, and now oh, he's like, now, now he's like, oh, I could get a belly rub. Oh, okay, you can keep doing that. Anyway, that's, that's what he said. Very exciting for you, Laura. It's a tough. It's a tough surgery. Uh, Do you have any advice for her? It's a tough. Uh, listen, I, I listen to your doctors. That's honestly the best advice. Listen to your doctor. Now that you found what you like, yeah. All right. Now, we're going to hear from Kelsey. Uh, Kaylee's, uh, meanwhile, Kaylee's back uh, dominating in college. (laughs) Uh, um, Hi, Matt and Dory. I want to start out by saying I love the show. Thank you, Kelsey. I've been listening for about a year and eagerly await each episode. I have a question for Dory. Bit of background. I'm female, 28, hetero married, no kids. Currently not trying to have any. And I am a Canadian who moved to the U.S. in September of 2016. Just in time for the elections. As we get closer to trying to have kids, I keep thinking about how this could impact my career. In Canada, I took I took the existence of a year of paid leave and how acceptable it was to take it for granted. You sure did. In addition to what I'm seeing at work here in the U.S., I keep hearing about mother discrimination, like the series on the longest, shortest time. That's longestshortesttime.com forward slash it's dash a dash real dash mother. Uh, this all makes me think that I'm going to need to be strategic when it comes to that, when that time comes. So my question is, you both said how supportive your workplaces have been and how being open has been the best decision for you. Is this mother discrimination something you considered before deciding to be so open? Do you strategize to try to mitigate any negative effects? Have you noticed any differences uh, in how you're being treated as a professional? We'd love to hear your thoughts best. Kelsey. Um, hmm. I was not particularly strategic about it. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I think I read the room, the room being BuzzFeed. Yeah. And it was like, well, this is a company that at least like tries to be progressive and like wants to be a progressive workplace. We didn't have that many parents for a while. That was the only thing that was sort of concerning to me for a little while. Yeah. Like the first couple of years I was there, there just weren't that many parents, especially not moms. Um, and so I was sort of like, huh, I wonder how this will actually work in practice. But now there are a lot of moms who work there. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it is about finding that workplace that is going to be that's going to be uh, flexible. Yes, dear. I feel like you're you're trolling me. How so? By sticking your finger in burning, in melting wax, and then just wiggling it at me. Do you not like melting wax? That's weird. Where's your fidget cube? I don't know. Oh, it's over here. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. That's I, I do think mother discrimination is real. Oh, like for sure um but you know i also took myself out of being a manager um which kind of gives me a little bit it actually gives me more flexibility um at least at my job i don't know if that would be the case at every job but i don't know yeah you have more always have more flexibility when you're an underling yeah if if like your if your boss is is willing to be flexible, right? So, uh, you know, thus far my boss has been willing to be flexible with my appointments and such. Yep. Adam F. Goldberg, creator of the Goldbergs. Yep. Yep. Um, I'm gonna skip this next email and go. Oh snap! And go to oh, this. It is very long. One uh, from Miranda. Uh-huh. Uh huh. She's putting out the egg signal. Oh, we like an egg signal. My name is Miranda. I'm a marketer and playwright currently living in New York City. Right now, I'm working on a play involving one couple's journey through infertility, including their experience with IVF. I've conducted a ton of research online, and I'm currently binge listening to your podcast as part of my process. I know this can be a sensitive topic for many people and want to make sure I handle this in the best way possible. 
Having no personal experience in the infertility process myself, do you or any of your listeners have advice on the best way to handle this within the plot of my show? I don't want to come off to any future audience members as insensitive or uneducated. Thanks so much. If you're listening to this podcast in its entirety while writing this play, you'll figure it out. (laughs) I think that's good advice. I think if you're even thinking about it, you're probably, you probably are starting from a point of empathy that is like beyond most people. (laughs) So I think, I, I think the, the thing that I often take issue with um, in terms of, portrayals of infertility in like popular media and popular culture mm-hmm. is like the sad older career woman. Yeah. Yeah. That's a thing. Yeah. You know, who's yeah. like doing IVF and you're kind of supposed to feel sorry for her, but you're also kind of judging her. And Bo just reoriented himself. Um, and I don't, I don't love that. I feel, first of all, it, leaves men entirely out of it mm-hmm. um and it's like i don't like being judged i don't like when people are judgmental of like women's reproductive choices that's a valid very valid thing to say so that's all i would say uh do you have any thoughts yeah i don't particularly i'm not suggesting you go to the new york tweet up but oh yeah there'll be be a lot that would be a good a really good idea um i don't know that they want you there because you haven't gone through it nor are you trying to go through it you're just using them for research but that's true but you know but i feel like at least i feel like the people i know are all in favor of more empathetic and authentic portrayals of infertility in entertainment and media so I feel like they should be on board. Um, yeah. So um, I'm going to skip ahead here to Becca's email. All right. Um, I'm listening to episode 62 and I have an answer to the emailer who asked about Phoebe's IVF <laughs> implantation. Now we are getting to oh the important questions. This sticks out to me because I was listening to your podcast at the gym one day and looked up and this episode was on one of the TVs. The reason the show gives is that Phoebe's brother and sister-in-law could only afford one transfer. So the doctor transferred as many eggs as possible, embryos, uh, in hopes that one would implant. I'm sending positive vibes your way in your next cycle. Well, that answers that. Well, I also hope one implants. Yes, indeed. Um, And then our last email before we get to our donors. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Oh. I mean, we could go like five minutes. Later. Oh, you know what? We actually have a, an important voicemail that I need to play. Great. Better be Lex. Hi, Matt and Dory. It's Andrew Steinle calling it's in. A- oh, it's Andrew Steinle. Oh, it's even. <laughs> Matt has done a terrible job of plugging his own show, Sidekick with Matt Myra, on this podcast. So I'm stepping in to help pick up the slack. Sidekick is a beautiful, fresh talk show, straight from the mind of our favorite dumb sperm generator. It's one of my personal favorites, but don't take my word for it. Go check it out yourself. You can watch Sidekick with Matt Myra on ProjectAlpha.com for only four ninety nine a month, and that price includes a host of other incredible shows from all the nerdist and geek and sundry friends. Uh, this show has had so many great guests and hosts, like Weird Al, Kumail Nanjiani, Paul Shear, Kate Mikuchi, so many more. If you can't spare five dollars a month, old episodes are available in podcast format from wherever you get your podcast. That's true. To all the listeners out there, I know you're listening to this right now on a podcast app. Take the phone out of your pocket, go subscribe. <laughs> Thank you, and back to you. Uh, oh, Hi, oops. Sorry. I do do I do do a terrible job of plugging Sidekick with Matt Myra on this show. I, I feel like I've tried to plug it, and you such a terrible job. Sort of shut me down. The last episode of the season is tomorrow. <laughs> We're taping it tomorrow. Um, yeah, for those of you who don't know, I do do a talk show. 
uh, on Monday nights between After Trek and the Goldbergs and three podcasts, there's a talk show that I host that I don't host. It's called Sidekick with Matt Myra. I am the sidekick. Every week, there's a new host brought in uh, and a new guest. So uh, last week, for instance, was uh, Wendy McLennan-Covey from uh, the Goldbergs. She plays Beverly Goldberg on the Goldbergs. And uh, she was our host, and she killed it. And uh, our guest for last week was Weird Al Yankovic, who was amazing. Um, and this week, it's Colton Dunn from Superstore and uh, Paul Russ from Netflix's Love. We're all going to hang out and do a talk show. Sounds great. That's what we do. That's what you do. That's what I do. You just bring entertainment. Yeah, uh, and last season's episodes are available in audio form as a podcast. I think you can type in Sidekick with Matt Myra. I would say type in Matt Myra into your podcast app, but you'll get too many results. So (laughs) Sidekick with Matt Myra. Go to projectalpha.com and subscribe. It's $5. Listen, wait till next week uh, when they're all done, and you can binge all 22 of them. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. There's 22 of those. There's 22. That's a full season of television. Sure is. That's gross. Um, did he not sound like our friend, the Duke of Bridgewater? I don't. No, we just haven't heard from the Duke of Bridgewater. You just miss him so much. Hmm. Duke of Bridgewater is a real person. Very. And it's clear because he calls similar. in often. Well, he used to call in all the time. <laughs> I know. He hasn't called in in a really long time. Um, um, so I'm going to read this last email and then we have our donors. Okie dokie. Uh, this is from Mitchell, and he says, Matthew Paul Myra. Oh, <laughs> you know he's serious. Oh, boy. I really hope the 89-year-old still living I know. Richard Sherman I know. doesn't come across last week's podcast. I would hate to think of poor old Richard wanting to write the most adorable and catchy song about science babies only to come across this podcast for research, listen to all 62 episodes, only to discover in the last few minutes of episode 62, (laughs) Matthew Paul spreads fake news that both of the brothers are dead. That certainly wouldn't make a great big beautiful tomorrow for the 89-year-old still living Richard M. Sherman. I'm sorry. Signed, way too serious Disney fan, Mitchell in Arkansas. P.S. I won't be able to live with myself if, if Richard Sherman dies between the writing of this email and the release of the next podcast. Well, you have like two hours. Mitchell, we got to it. I'm so sorry that I made that mistake. You know, I was watching a, I was watching the Carousel of Progress on YouTube last night uh, from 1982. Mm. Back when it was the General Electric carousel of progress and it's very interesting how uh misogynist the original version of really because it's like well it's it's sort of i mean it's deliberately so because like each you know it's 20 years through the century right and like in the 1900s the husband's like well now you just go back to ironing my shirts mother and then like in the second one i think she's knitting outside or something like that and then in the third one, she starts talking about being paid to be doing the wallpapering, and he'll talk about we'll talk about equal pay later. And then, like in the twentieth century, you know, the the last one is you know the near future. Yeah. And he's like, then the man is cooking. Uh huh. And he's like, well, I have to cook now because she's off on the council board of blah blah blah. <laughs> it's oh, just like boy. it's very crazy. It's an interesting thing to watch. And they often are be like, well, thanks to the good folks at General Electric. <laughs> um, all right. Guys, it's time to say thank you to the donors, some of the donors from this past month. Uh, we appreciate each and every one of you. If you can find it in your heart to donate, please, uh, there's a couple ways to do that. You can just go to patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure. Uh, it's probably the easiest way to do it. And for only $5, you get yourself... Uh, two, no, one, yep, one bonus episode for ten dollars a month. You get two bonus episodes. Um, and if you just want to make a one-time donation, there's information on how to do that uh, via PayPal or Venmo uh, on excellentadventure.com. And we appreciate all of you very much. Thank you, all of you. Uh, but specifically, thank you to Jennifer McGoran, Lisa Gold, McGrogan, 
McGrogan. Jennifer McGrogan. I did mess that up. Lisa Gold. I said that right. Shamani mm-hmm. uh, Worth. Carly Morserd. Stephen Azare. Alice Barr. Evelyn Morgan. Emily McNaughton. Ryan Forrester. Foster. Foster. I, Ryan, you know, you know what's happening here? We have a lot of names, and I'm so sorry that I said that when that one's clearly one of the easier ones to pronounce. Michelle Kitzmiller. Danielle Lynn. Uh, Marielle Kloss, Ariana Perry, Carrie Mills, Sari Yim, Heather Nelson, Narantha Balagopal, uh, the Holterman clan. A whole bunch of Holtermans donated. Mm-hmm. That's very nice. Megan Cantwell, Jack Woodyard, Julie Phillips, Kelsey Kinneman, Siri K. Gasky, Laura Mayer, Mayer, April Cherry, April Patrick, Daniela Harker, Kate. Cudlich, uh, Liesel, Liesel, God, I always mess that one up. Liesel. Uh, Rampano, Anne Svensson Toon, Margaret Metcalf, Erica Brown, Linnea Dunsel, Tanya Davidova, Sherry Olson, and Ross Mandon. You are our donators for this week, and uh, I thank you for that. This month, you're some of our donors. What am I saying? <laughs> Whose podcast? I think is it's this? time to wrap this up. I'm so sorry, everybody. Meanwhile, here's the music's coming in. Stay okay. tuned. Post the music for some words from Episona. Episona.